Welcome to the Plans and Provisions Podcast, your source for homesteading and preparedness information and inspiration. We're so glad you're here. We'll be talking with some incredible folks, sharing ideas, and learning what we can do to become more independent and resilient in these interesting times. Now here's your host, Jason White. Well, hello, folks. It is the first Friday of November. Can you believe it? The year is getting close to its end. We, as much of the continental United States, have been nice and chilly over the last few days, and it's been a really nice fall for us. Maybe a little colder than we would have preferred, but you just kind of roll with the punches. We uh, we had a cold snap come through earlier this week. Maybe it was uh, Sunday night, and so we spent the weekend kind of wrapping up the garden and getting getting some things, uh, getting the last bits of tomatoes and peppers out. And we did last week finally plant our garlic. So we got a nice a nice load of garlic in the ground. We did a soft, soft neck and a hard neck. And uh, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of, of what that means. <laughs> but uh, we'll find out. We just wanted to see how both of them would would turn out. So we're we're excited about that. We use a lot of garlic in this household. It's one of those things that uh that we uh we really would like to have growing right here on the homestead. So we're uh, we're looking forward to seeing how that goes. We planted it in October and uh I think around July or so they're supposed to be able to be harvested. So we did plant garlic <clears throat> many years ago when we were in Oregon in uh, raised beds and they turned out it turned out really well we planted it i think in november there and i think it was august or well, july or august when it came to harvest time so it was uh it's something we have done before we're really looking forward to it we also got some elephant garlic bulbs in the mail just a day or two ago we're also going to get those in the ground and hopefully they'll do well this weekend we're going from highs in the upper 30s to highs in the mid 60s so we'll be doing some gardening and uh, kind of looking at this is our last good weekend of weather. We've had on and off weekends. I work during the week, and so really I've got to cram most of the homestead activities that I do onto the weekends, which, you know, you set a list out for the weekend, and, and uh, you know, we get some stuff done, but rarely rarely do we get everything that we had hoped, and that's just kind of the way it goes, but we still set our sights pretty high, and then put on the next week's list, whatever we didn't get done. <clears throat> so what didn't get done is we still have two turkeys. We've gotten two in the freezer. We've got two more to go. And uh, just bad weather last weekend, really, really windy and cold and and wet. And uh, eh, just, just couldn't find myself out there plucking a turkey for two hours. So we didn't do it, but uh, we will... We'll get at least one done this weekend and just keep moving forward. One of the things with, with everything we've got going on as we wrap up the gardening season and, and wind down our, our small animal season and harvest the last bit of our meat animals, <clears throat> we uh, and we just have so much. We've got peppers everywhere and tomatoes everywhere and, and, uh, and just all kinds of things to do, odds and ends, typical homeowner stuff, typical homestead stuff, typical family things, and just such a list. And the other day I was 
kind of looking at the list of things that we had to do and kind of went into, I guess I went into overwhelm and, uh, and just, you know, there's things I wish I were able to do right at this moment, but not able to due to time constraints and things like that. And so I just said, you know what, I've got to do what I can do. And as long as we're doing something, we're moving forward, even though it may not be exactly what we think we need to be doing at that time. All that, all that to say, it's easy it's easy to get overwhelmed when you've got a long list of things to do, but hopefully with this coming weekend, we'll take advantage of this beautiful 65-degree sunny weekend and get the final bits of gardening done. We're planting some January King cabbage. My wife has planted a bunch of starts, and they're looking really good. And we should be getting those out this weekend. I ordered some Agribon row cover to uh, to cover that when it's really cold. And um, we're going to try it out. Supposedly, it's very, very cold hardy and can be harvested in January, as the name implies. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. And I'm sure I'll give you an update as, as things go along. It was a pretty big pretty big month for us. Um, Those of you who are familiar with our story here know that last April we picked up a pair of brown Swiss bottle calves. One ended up being a bull and one was a steer. So we uh, we did finally send the bull to the butcher on uh, last Monday, uh, the Monday before, October 23rd. And it was it was an interesting day. It was kind of uh, you know now that it's all past a lot of the the tension, the anxiety, the um, the emotion is is cleared up for the most part. But it was it was kind of an intense intense week leading up to to that, and uh, and an interesting day or two around the actual kill. We we opted for rather than having him picked up in a trailer and taken in live and uh, and and slaughtered at the processing center at the butcher we actually opted to have someone come out and kill him on farm and uh, skin him and, and gut him and get him ready for for the rack it was a little more cost in the final product but we just we just felt like for the quality of the meat um, with none of the crazy hormones and, and, and adrenaline and all the things that uh, that stress and, and kind of the trauma of the move and all that kind of stuff. None of that would be in the meat, but more importantly, you know, we just, we wanted it to be a, a nice clean kill for the animal and, and it, it, and it was. And so, you know, he, he had no clue what was happening and once it happened, he, he dropped and it was it lights out. So definitely a little bit, uh, little tough i have i've been involved in the same exact process just not with my own animal and so uh i kind of knew what to expect and yeah it's it's you know we kill our our small animals around here pretty regularly and i talk about it and you know there's definitely a not only a learning curve but a kind of a uh a familiarity and a and a maybe even a deprogramming to to learning to be efficient, effective, and decisive about killing your own animals. But when it, you're dealing with a small animal, a bird, I don't know, maybe I was just desensitized to the process because I've done it so many times. 
but uh you know something about killing a thousand pound mammal that you raised from one week old and uh and fed it bottles three times a day for a few months and and you know uh it, yeah it's it's definitely a different feeling for sure even though i didn't do didn't do the kill didn't do anything for the processing it was still it was still a lot heavier than the process of of killing my uh my chickens and turkeys and and so on so i will be this 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 goes out of course friday so um today for those of you that are listening on the day that this actually uh gets published i'm going to pick up the beef at the processor so looking forward to finally and for the first time having our own grass-fed beef that we raised here on the homestead so that's a definitely a major milestone for us and we're really looking forward to it we are planning on overwintering our steer and getting him in tip-top shape and condition and uh and we'll be harvesting him probably sometime next summer so that will be a a work in progress to be determined but definitely going to have him through the winter and probably this the spring and and probably harvest him kind of at the peak of grass season if we can get an appointment. So that's uh, that's the story there. Now, in light of getting rid of our bull, uh, you know, ruminants, cows, sheep, goats are herd animals or flock animals, but they're you know they're used to they're social. They need that social bond for for their own their own sense of safety and. Uh, and probably entertainment, but just, you know, they're social, just like humans are, most anyway. And so we decided that we were going to go ahead and get ourselves a um, some sheep. And so in the short term, we decided on getting one ram lamb that we bought actually from Greg Sweeten, who I interviewed on the last episode of the podcast. And as we, we wrapped up after... Um, after the, the, the podcast episode was recorded, uh, we were talking a bit and got to talking about the fact that he had a six-month ram lamb for sale, and it kind of fit the bill for us, and they needed to get rid of him, and so we worked out a deal, and I went out to their their place um, the, the following Wednesday and picked up our new ram lamb. His name is Bob, short for Shish Kebab, and he has been a really enjoyable addition to the homestead everybody really really likes him and i think that uh t-bone our 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 beef steer he seems to uh to tolerate him pretty well they're they're uh they generally are sticking together and they seem like they're getting along pretty good so it's uh been a great addition it's our first sheep and one of the things that have really attracted me to having sheep on our pasture is their 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 ability and even desire to eat things that cattle tend not to eat. And we kept him in this this smaller paddock outside the barn um, where we just, it's kind of a holding area. It's a transition area, but it's a good place to keep an animal or two isolated for a bit. And so his first three days he spent in that little area. And I had kept the cattle out of it for the most part this year. And I, I ran some, some poultry in there a little bit from time to time, but it had gotten overgrown. I didn't go out there and cut any brush or anything. And so it got pretty overgrown with a bunch of odds and ends that I don't really even know what it is. Cause I'm not paying attention, but it, it got pretty shrubby. 
And having that ram lamb in there for three days, we saw a significant reduction in the in the shrubs and the vines. And he went through and just started eating all this stuff that the cattle wouldn't even give a second look to. So our plan and hopes are going into next season is that we are going to start rotationally grazing a, uh, a flurd, a flock herd, if you will, a flurd. Uh, we're going to hopefully be buying a Jersey heifer calf who will eventually become our family milk cow. And we will be, uh, we'll also get some, some, some use and, and, and start building out our flock. I, I don't think that Bob is necessarily going to be a part of that. He's likely going to end up in the freezer in the spring, but you never know. But, uh, so yeah, we're planning on doing that. And the vision there is that we do have a lot of thorny things like, uh, I think it's called horse thistle and we've got just common thistle and various different types of thistles. We have, uh, just a lot of, uh, wild rose and things like that, that are in the pasture that, uh, we're hoping with intensive grazing and rotating them, they will actually help to eradicate those, those, uh, those weeds that are in the, in the field and improve the quality of our pasture. So it's a work in progress. We're still kind of planning and figuring it all out, but we're looking to get, the tools and infrastructure we need, chargers, electric fence, uh, figure out the watering, come up with a basic schematic of how we're going to set up our paddocks and rotate. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. And I'm I'm definitely the type of person that likes to overcomplicate things and and think things through and feel like I've got it. I've just got it figured out before I'll jump in. I've definitely gotten better. I talk about it on here. Definitely made a lot of leaps that... Uh, have helped me to just start learning and to prove that sometimes you just got to jump in. So with this whole rotational grazing thing, our plan is just to kind of have a pretty good idea, start somewhere, make adjustments, keep improving. And I'm really looking forward to it. In this, the subject of rabbits, we are down to just our original breeding pair and we have three or four does left. We're planning on keeping two of those does and breeding them both to see who's the better mother and keeping the better of the two, probably selling the other. And we have the other two that we'll put in the freezer. So actually, I think the last episode of this update that I did in October, I said that I was planning on killing a bunch of rabbits, been real busy and didn't really have the time and ended up selling like 10 or 12 rabbits. We sold 10 at one time and then we sold two or three or four in another transactions. So we ended up selling out most of our rabbits. And when I do the math, we darn near broke even, put a lot of good rabbit manure on the garden as we planted our winter garden. And we've still got a couple rabbits to put in the freezer. So uh, all in all, pretty successful. Still not really, uh, still don't feel like we're really producing rabbits for meat because we really aren't. And uh and, you know, but we've learned a lot of lessons in keeping rabbits and breeding rabbits. And we're going to try again and, and just try to, again, like I said before, just keep doing things and keep improving. So we're hoping to fine tune some things regarding the rabbitry, mostly just kind of harvest the rabbits while they're young. 
I think under 12 weeks old, if I'm not mistaken, they're considered a fryer. They're more tender and can be eaten more like, you know, cooked in a pan versus um, after that period of time, they're called, I believe, roasters where you want to more slow cook them because they get a little more tough. So I want to give it a shot and actually harvest some fryers and see see how that works out. So uh, overall, I'd say we're doing pretty well in rabbit world. Not exactly going exactly as we planned, but nothing ever does. Chicken land is good. We've sold some odds and ends, a chicken here, a chicken there, and we've reduced our flock quite a bit. We resist the urge to buy a batch of Brahma chicks this fall. After a good hour or two of discussion, we we, we realize we're just going to enjoy the fact that we don't have to deal with that this winter. And uh, we've got a good amount of Brahmas, I think, that should start laying here pretty soon, and we will most likely be getting some more chicks in the spring. And that, I feel like, covers most aspects of what's been going on around here. It's been uh, it's been absolutely beautiful. I'm not much of a summer guy. I don't really like the heat, and I love fall not only because it's cooler, but it's that transition from that, that hot into something just, just, yeah, it's just so beautiful. The leaves are falling, the wind is blowing, it's drying out a bit. And, uh, yeah, it's just been really nice around here. So I want to thank you for being here with me on this November update, and I appreciate you listening. And um, I look forward to sharing with you my next guest. We're going to be talking about raising fruit trees, apple trees, and things like that. And if that's something that you have any interest in, you're not going to want to miss this one. It's it's pr- pretty good one. So I will um, I will have that out here shortly. And um, I look forward to seeing you then. And until then, this is Jason signing off, reminding you to do something today to improve your tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Plans and Provisions podcast. If you would like to stay up to date with everything happening around the homestead, head on over to the website at plansandprovisions.com. 